I thank the first panel for their testimony, reminding the members that Committee Rule 3D imposes a five-minute limit on questions. The chair will now recognize members for any questions they may wish to ask the witnesses. I'll start by recognizing myself for five minutes. Um, Principal Deputy Assistant uh, Secretary Garriott, uh, I truly appreciate your testimony and your written testimony that notes Secretary Holland's and the department's priority to improve public safety in Indian country. Uh, the testimony earlier today from the um, uh, author of the bill that the uh, Law Enforcement Parity Act addresses the missing and murdered indigenous peoples crisis that we have seen. Uh, I have visited the Federal uh, Law Enforcement Training Center, which is located in New Mexico and in my expanded district, and I know and agree that these issues of they're highly trained uh, when they're going through that federal law enforcement, but we need to make sure that we are able to retain them. Um, I uh, wanted to ask you to expand on the department's work in this area and how the parity for Tribal Law Enforcement Act would support the efforts that you have ongoing. And I'll also want to ask you a couple of questions on the other bills, so um, just to give you a heads up on timing. Yes. Uh, and thank you for, for the question. And uh, training and improvement of, of our law enforcement officers is something that the department is uh, continually committed to. Uh, and, uh, you know, on a very personal note, builds on uh, previous work that I had the opportunity to work on uh, the last time I, I served in, in the administration. And uh, one of the things I think is incredibly important about this bill is that it recognizes uh, the incredible sacrifice uh, that uh, law enforcement officers uh, place uh, and, and put themselves and, and the, 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 on, a, on a daily basis. And uh, expanding uh, benefits, uh, federal employee benefits to them uh, would aid greatly uh, in, in, in tribes' ability to recruit and retain officers. Uh, we've seen this uh, many times throughout Indian country. It's not some, an issue that's limited to just one state, but really all of Indian country. Uh, and on a very uh, personal level, I've also seen uh, the incredible uh, commitment that, that law enforcement officers have made um, and the challenges that they face in dealing with multiple jurisdictions. And uh, being able to, to not have to go through the SLEC process and to automatically, with certain, under certain provisions, um, be able to enforce federal law, federal law would uh, be an incredible step forward. Thank you. Uh, and providing the additional resources to our law enforcement officers, I think, is something that we can all agree on. Uh, I want to switch gears and note that just earlier today in this room, uh, now, the other hearing room, I was at the National Parks, Forest, and Public Lands Subcommittee hearing where we heard from the Department of Interior and tribal leaders about the importance of protecting uh, cultural resources on federal lands. And uh, one really, an important piece of that testimony was that when they were talking about tribes' ties to lands, waters, and the cultural resources located there, it's not just talking about a past. It's talking about a present, that there has been a continuous connection to the sacred nature of these areas. And so we need to remember that that connection has remained unbroken. Um, could you please expand on how the administration uh, is working um, to support those and how you see the multiple bills that really we're hearing today that touch that? Do you think that this furthers that goal of maintaining those cultural ties to the sacred places? 
Absolutely. Uh, the administration has, has been uh, very committed uh, to working with tribes to uh, expand and uh, build upon uh, tribal uh, stewardship of, of not only their lands, but federal properties as well. And uh, utilizing indigenous knowledge uh, and the experience that, that tribes have been utilizing since time immemorial for thousands of years uh, is, is a net benefit not only for the tribes, but for everybody. And uh, while there may be uh, opportunities to under you know, various agreements to, to provide access uh, or to uh, better steward lands, these bills, uh, the ones that, that are uh, we're, we're the, land, the land bills that we're talking about today, uh, allow and put the, the ownership the, into, into the tribe's hands. And Thank you. And uh, let me just, I wanted to make sure I just asked one quick question on 8380, the Prairie Band Potawatomi um, Chabonet Band Reservation Settlement Act. Right now, as written, it is reflecting placing land in restricted fee status. I know there's been conversation about amending that, so it would mandate that the Secretary of Interior take the land into trust status. Uh, would uh, you support that and... Uh, that changing it from, from a restricted fee to uh, trust um, would not change our uh, general support. Thank you. Uh, my used up an extra 24 seconds of my time. Uh, I apologize to the committee for that. I shall yield to uh, the ranking member open. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Mr. Garriott, for your testimony. Uh, my first question pertains uh, to the bills that you provided testimony on, HR 6032 and the discretion draft ANS to HR 7581. Those were bills that would place U.S. Forest Service land into trust for the benefits of the Kurok and Yurok tribes. Uh, since we're taking land from the Forest Service and, and purporting to put it into trust, uh, you've testified that the Biden administration is in support of this action. What are the thoughts of the U.S. Forest Service on this action? Uh, as, as everyone knows, <laughs> our, our testimony goes through a, a rigorous uh, clearance process. And so, uh, you know, overall, the administration is supportive. So you would say the Forest Service is supportive? It is my understanding going through the clearance process, yes. Right, thank you. Uh, and then uh, talking about the bill that uh, the chair was just referencing, H.R. 8380, you know, probably one of the more complicated of the bills that we're considering today. Uh, there has been speculation about uh, the purpose for which the tribe might use the lands that they acquire through this claims process. And just to be clear, my feeling is uh, if they're entitled to the land, they should get the land regardless of what the, the use of the land would be for. But I just wanted to clear the air about the status of a couple of things. Uh, if the land was, uh, uh, was put into restricted free status, would it be eligible for the tribe to conduct gaming on that land? Uh, yes, under the in Indian Gaming Regulatory Act, uh, lands that, that would be acquired uh, through a settlement uh, claims process uh, such as this uh, would be eligible. Okay, regardless of its, if it's in restricted fee status or if it's in trust? If it's in restricted fee, yes. Okay, uh, and uh, part of, another part of the bill uh, would authorize money to be paid to the tribe in settlement, partial settlement of the claim. 
if the tribe were to use that money to purchase land, would the land purchased meet the land claim exception under the Inland Gaming Regulatory Act? That is my understanding, yes. It would? All right. Uh, that concludes my questions. Thank you very much. I'll yield back, Madam Chair. Thank you, Ranking Member. The Chair will now recognize uh, Representative uh, Chuy Garcia from the State of Illinois. Thank you, uh, Madam Chair. Uh, to Mr. Uh, Garriott, uh, H.R. 8380 would recognize the land uh, purchased by a tribe in restricted fee status. Would you support the amended language that would mandate that the Secretary of Interior take the land into trust status, uh, and which is more common? Uh, amending the, the bill uh, to uh, change the, the requirements from restricted fee uh, to fee uh, would not uh, change our general support for the goals of the legislation. Okay. And, um, and, uh, yes, sir. And, and, and with regard to your second question, um, I would, I'd have to get back to you in terms of uh, kind of acreage and what the uh, specifics are in terms of what is more common. Okay, thank you. I, I would uh, await that. Um, the, uh, HR uh, 8380 proposes a nine-year process to address uh, the final compensation. Can you describe the process that you envision? Well, I think that, that a lot of the, the details would, you know, continue to, to have to be worked out uh, between uh, the department and, and the tribe. Uh, but as a, as a general note, uh, in terms of the, the process and the amount, um, that would have to, we would have to uh, undertake uh, a study uh, to uh, do an assessment uh, of what the, the value is and determine uh, an appropriate uh, kind of timeline and time frame for that. Okay. Uh, and then finally, the uh, department determined uh, 30 years ago that the Prairie Band was the sole successor in interest to the Chabonet land. Are you aware of any other tribes that have recently come forward to claim a Chabonet's reservation other than the Prairie Band? Uh, with regard to, to, we're not aware of any uh, recent uh, tribes that have come forward, um, although we do understand that there may be two other uh, tribes that would be uh, successors of interest. Okay, uh, does that mean that you affirm uh, support of the department's opinion of 20 years ago? Uh, with regard to, to, to that opinion, uh, we have not had an opportunity to uh, review it recently, uh, and we would have to uh, get back to uh, you and the committee uh, after consultant to, to take a look at that. Okay, thank you. That'd be much appreciated. Uh, Madam Chair, I yield back. Thank you very much, Representative Garcia. Before we conclude with the witness panel, are there any members who have not had their five minutes and would seek recognition? Uh, then I thank uh, the witness for his valuable testimony and the members for the questions today. We will now move on to the next panel, uh, our third panel of witnesses for today. Uh, before introducing them, I will remind non-administration witnesses that uh, they are encouraged to participate in the 
non-administration witnesses in the diversity survey created by the Congressional Office of Diversity and Inclusion. Witnesses may refer to their hearing invitation materials for further information. Under our committee rules, the oral statements are limited to five minutes, but you may submit longer um, statement for the record if you choose. When, we, when you begin, the on-screen timer will begin counting down. It will turn orange when you have one minute remaining. I rec recommend that members and witnesses joining remotely lock the timer on their screen. When you go over the lot of timer, I'll kindly ask you to wrap up your statement. After your testimony is complete, please remember to mute yourself to avoid any inadvertent background noise. I will allow the entire panel to testify before we begin the question portion of the hearing. The chair now recognizes the Honorable Russell Atterbury, who is chairman of the Karuk tribe. Chairman.